Hello, 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 and welcome all of you worms out there to the eighth episode of the Worm Burner Podcast. I am your host, Justin, and so for this week, we are going to be covering over the center defender position. Uh, it's one that we've slightly touched over when we were talking about fullbacks, but we'll be going into a much bigger and deeper dive this week for the center backs. So, with that being said, I wanted to take a minute and apologize for the week that we have missed, uh, if you are keeping track. Um, so I had just recently started a new job, among many, many, many other things. I'm super, super excited and happy, and I wanted to at least take my time and really appreciate that job while I was trying to get a focus on myself. So with that being said, I wanted to go ahead and let you guys know that, uh, and also to as well, on a side point. Manchester City made the Champions League final in 2021. I'm super, super, super excited. So um, that's got me on edge. I'm, I'm ready. I, I hope that we can win the Champions League this year. But uh, you got to remain optimistic. Chelsea is a good squad. So anyways, long story short, uh, I'm so happy to have you along here. Let me get my notes together, and we'll go ahead and start on this week's episode. Alrighty, and we are back. So, this week, as I had stated before, we are going to be going over the center defender position. So, with that, I wanted to go ahead and say that this is going to be a lot like the fullback position that we were covering a couple weeks ago. Um, this is a position that not necessarily Americans get, uh, but at least within the youth system of American soccer, it is not that heavily emphasized, uh, which, again, is not a bad thing. It's just something that... Uh, when it comes to the actual training and actually becoming more adept within soccer, it is a bit of a lackluster uh, situation when it comes to having to teach teenagers on defending when they weren't able to learn it when they were a child so uh, or when they were younger. So it's one of those situations where you have to be able to uh, realize what you have as a coach and be able to adjust accordingly. Um, that's another reason why I'm making this podcast too is for any parent that wants to help their child be more adept, uh, be more conscious of what's going on and being adjustable, being that versatile player that that coach can rely on. Um, believe it or not, one of the key components to a, a, football, or a football team or a soccer team, uh, believe it or not, is versatility. Having that versatility as a player, having that versatility to be able to play multiple positions can actually help your coach a lot. Um, not a lot of people realize that when it comes to just formations in general, being able to be more tactically adept to different situations and different uh, zones, it actually helps a lot for coaches. So be versatile, be that uh, authentic player that can play multiple positions. Like even for myself, uh, I may not have been the best when it came to some of the positions that I played, but I was able to play about four, five, maybe even six positions. So I played striker, uh, center attacking midfielder, left attacking midfielder, right attacking midfielder, uh, as well as right back and left back too. So it's a bit of a change for me. Uh, so I was able to play both attack and defense, and that actually helped out a lot. Uh, when it came to my coaches and at least uh, the situations that I was in. So uh, being that kind of player, you can be that very reliable. That's what I meant to say. So very reliable player for your coach. And that just infinitely uh, ups your value as just a player in general. So uh, with this, the center defender is one that is hard for youth to 
put a grasp on for people to have a grasp on because a lot of people have that authentic attacking mentality uh, that American culture or American soccer has uh, is attack, 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 attack. There's nothing that we really, really, really have per se when it comes to, uh, well, let's be honest, defending in soccer because let's be honest, when it comes to American sports, at least like basketball, like uh, football, like baseball, they are very high-scoring games, at least in some aspects. Baseball, not so much. They they can run up the score, but it's not a huge thing for a baseball game to end 2-0, 3-0, something like that. Uh, it's much more common in baseball. But when it comes to these very popular American sports, like basketball, like football, let's be honest, some of the scores are like 32-42, something like that. Uh, when it comes to basketball, it's like 110, 115 to uh, 103 or something like that. We are a very attack-minded uh, culture when it comes to sports. Uh, and, and soccer isn't necessarily like that, as I've stated in, in many of my other episodes. We need to be able to adjust, uh, maybe even have... Uh, a more defensive approach when it comes to soccer. And I feel that's also a very big positive when it comes to appointing foreign coaches to be our head coaches when it comes to MLS teams. That is something that, um, at least personally for me, I feel is a very big positive. It allows us to have that foreign uh, interpretation of the game and being able to understand that foreign uh, side of the game. So it it it's has its positives and its negatives um because i feel like a negative is yes we are getting those foreign coaches over to teach us their understanding of the game but we aren't having that for the youth side and being a, a nation that is at least behind the way that we are i have this discussion multiple times with people and it's just crazy to me that no one seems to understand how big of a disadvantage we are when it comes to at least the men's side of soccer. So for the men's side of soccer, everyone knows, at least if you've listened to the first episode, that the MLS was created in 1996. Uh, so it was a much, much more recent league compared to the rest of the world, or at least the big uh, five leagues of the world. Um, so <laughs> this is the crazy part, is that... Even though, yes, we were created in 1996, and there were our leagues that were, that were formed even sooner than, than that, there were 11 World Cups, 11 World Cups before the start of the MLS season, 11, 11 World Cups. That is a ridiculous amount of World Cups. That's a ridiculous amount of time. That's over 30 years of history. Maybe even more than that. And that's not even including that leagues, at least in England and Scotland, were created in the early 90s. Or, sorry, 1900s. Sorry, why am I saying 90s? Goodness gracious. 1900s. We are at such a huge disadvantage. It, people don't realize how much of a disadvantage it is. And here we are trying to blast our way of being able to uh, interpret and to be able to understand the game. And it's it's not working. Let's be honest, it's not working. Um, I wanted to say this the first episode. This is, again, something that I've been drilling home uh, in all of my episodes. Soccer is not an American sport. And we need to stop treating it like it is. Let's just be 100% real with that.
soccer has never been an American sport, and we need, we need, we desperately need to stop treating it like it is, because it is not. It is the world's game. It is not ours. So we need to be able to understand the way that soccer works. And having this whole attack mentality, yes, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It is something that, at least with the American mentality, we can improve on, we can use. Um, there is actually a, a tactic and a formation out there that is that we are able to use as a very attack-minded nation, and we can actually a, attribute that closer to us. Uh, it's a tactic that was created by the Germans themselves, but I don't want to get too much into tactics and formations, uh, at least until later in the season, but like there are these ideas that we have and just no one is piecing them together we need to be able to do that so uh i feel like i'm getting a little bit off track but with that uh let's go back to center defense um center defense is one that again is very lacking at least in youth soccer when I was coaching in both West Virginia and in Tallahassee, the the teams that I was with, they were not as engaged or not as uh, how can I how can I say this enthusiastic about playing defense. Um, it is a unglorified position. It is one that let's be honest, you aren't going to see many goals from. Uh, you may get an assist or two. Let's be honest, but um, it's one that is not that glorified but i made a point when it when i was coaching and when i was actually there with the team that the defenders got just as much praise as the attackers did and it was really important it's really really important because at least from a uh, again um, an american mentality coaches and and parents let's just say it parents too when their child scores a goal they are through the moon they're like, yes, my my kid scored a goal. Did you see? Did you see? Did you see my my kid scored a goal? How many times do you see that parent being enthusiastic when they make an amazing tackle or an amazing defensive play? Yes, you'll be able to see that for the parent parents that actually do understand the game. But I mean, they'll be like, yay! They'll they'll cheer. They'll say, yeah, that's a really good tackle. That's a really good defense. But you won't see them as enthusiastic as a goal because a goal has more monetary value to the American sport, to the American uh, way of life when it comes to soccer. But let's be real: when it comes to a slide tackle, we need to be able to get just as authentic, and that that is able to have the get kids engaged, being able to, hey, like you did really really good defensively today, like. What are we supposed to tell the kid when it comes to the attackers? Like you scored three goals, yeah, like that's a huge, that's a huge accomplishment. But also at the same time, the defense could have had a huge game as well. They could have had seven, eight, nine, ten amazing tackles. But the, those parents, they're like, oh, you did a really good job in defense. You have to tell them what they did right. That's the that's the coach as well. It's not just on the parents too, because I don't want to. I don't want to say that it's only the parents as well, because coaches do this as well. It, we we are just as much in the same boat as the parents are. So <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want you to think that I, I'm just sinking one area of the boat. Yeah, I'm I'm sinking the entire ship all at once. Uh, so when it comes to coaches, we need to be able to say, "Hey, you did amazing. You did this, 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 this. Keep track of what your kids are doing when it comes to defense as well, because yes, assists, goals, they matter when it comes to a win. But those defensive, those defensive moments matter just as much. 
And I promise you, if you actually keep track and know what your players are doing defensively as well, they'll pay attention. Because I remember there was a kid that I worked with when I was in Tallahassee. He was not that happy when it came to defending. Let's be real. It, being a kid, he wanted to be in the attack. He wanted to be that player that was engaged in the in the attack. I said, even though you're in defense, you can still be a part of the attack. You can still be a part of that offensive, being able to switch from defense to offense, helping your team being able to do that switch. And he was he became so much more, so much more involved in my teachings and being able to actually listen to me, as well as the head coach. It wasn't just me. He was much more engaged, being able to say, hey, even though, yes, maybe that doesn't make me as well-known uh, on the team uh, doing a slide tackle or getting the ball back for, or intercepting the ball or taking possession away from, from the other team. It may not give me that glorified position of, hey, I scored the game-winning goal. It may not give me that, but it will give me a sense of it's a team sport. Soccer is a team sport. That's this is one of the things I had heard commentary when it came to the semifinal between uh, Manchester City and PSG. It was a huge, huge game, and Manchester City was the team. They were the collective team. They played well as a team, whereas PSG was uh, basically described as a team of individuals. When you have those teams of individuals, they aren't as formed. They aren't as cohesive when it comes to the overall network and the overall function of the team itself. And so when I had told that that child that basically you can be a part of the attack, even though you're in defense, you can still have those moments. You can still have those huge uh, interceptions, those huge moments where you're able to win the ball back. How many times can you change that child's mind of wanting to be in defense? of wanting to actually help the team out defensively. Because I promise you, I promise you, if you can, as a coach, as a parent, as anything, even as, a, as the kid themselves, being able to understand what you're doing as a defensive player, it's infinite. It's the, infinite the, the reward is infinite. You are able to actually create players that want to be in defense, that want to be in that central defensive position. And nine times out of ten, that central defender is, if not one of or the last person before you get to the goalkeeper. And if you have this person that wants to push up, they want to be a part of the attack. Who's back defending? <laughs> Wait, let's be real. Who's back defending? No one. Because the center back is up trying to score the goals. He's trying to be that attacking, attack-minded player of, I'm going to smack the ball into the back of the goal, ripple the net from like 30 yards out no is of course you can train and, and and try to hone in the skill that way but try to hold back try to save yourself for when maybe the goalkeeper might get a hold of the ball and he's gonna ping it all the way to the other on to your half and you're on the center line you are you are on the halfway line and he pings it past you who, what are you supposed to do? you got to run after that ball because nine times out of ten, if the other team is paying attention, if the other team's attackers are paying attention, they're going to run 
so much faster trying to get that ball because it's going to be a one-on-one with the goalkeeper because you're so far forward. So when it comes to the center defender, they are nine times out of ten, like I said, the last person before you get to the goalkeeper. They are the ones that are holding that defensive shape. So I remember in my fullbacks, uh, when it comes to the tactics that I I like to use, I like to basically make a chalice when it comes to the, the defense. So this allows the defense to be able to actually hold the attack at bay. Uh, so when it when when you are creating what's called a high line as well, uh, the defense is up. It's pressing into the attackers and pushing them back. So when you have those moments, you need to be able to watch out for again the goalkeepers or the defenders that can ping the ball to the other half of the field. Uh, you need to be able to run back fast enough. So having those defenders uh, be fast enough to be able to go get the ball when it's pinged over your head um, is very, very important. But if you are able to actually interpret and see how far the other team can maybe ping the ball, being able to not go farther than that, uh, be that last player to be able to head it back towards your players, towards the attack, towards the midfield, for example. Um, Being at the end of those balls can be very, very, very important. It keeps the other team contained. And so that is a huge word when it comes to soccer. Keeping your opponent contained is a very, very important thing. Top topic, and especially when it comes to defense, containing your opponent. When you are able to contain your opponent the way that you can with tactics and with formations, there's nothing they can do. There's literally nothing they can do. So when it comes to center defenders, they are that fulcrum of keeping the containment uh, of the opposing team important. They, 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 as well as the fullbacks, keep the opposing team's attackers in check. They're the ones saying, hey, we're going to shut you down. You are not getting any goals today, obviously, because that is, the again, the important part of defense. Um, so having Sutter defenders want to come up, want to actually be a part of the attack, but also at the same time understanding that they can't get too far forward, understanding that they can't go through 30 yards away from the opposing goal and try to ping a goal into the back of the into the back of the net, ripple the back of the net. You can't have those defenders like that because they will put you in a very vulnerable position, uh, at least defensively. So you need to be able to have players that want to stay back and want to actually help the team be that way. I guarantee you when you have coaches, when you have parents that are able to engage their students, engage their kids like that, they are able to have a much better solidified defense when it comes to soccer. I promise you. I promise you. Nine times out of ten, that's what's going to happen. So when it when having set of defenders, again, don't be scared to come forward. Don't be scared as a player yourself. Don't be scared to come forward and be a part of the attack. Help that containment. Make that chalice that I was talking about, when it, at least with, with my formations. The fullbacks and the centerbacks, they help make a chalice to keep those defenders, or the att- I'm sorry, to keep the attackers, the opposing team, at bay. You're able to actually keep that containment, keep the control. Uh, and keeping that control, nine times out of ten, will win you the match. There are times uh, in which those don't work, the opposing team will get a chance, and it Trust me, being a coach that uh, you're able to contain the opposing team, they get one chance, they get a breakaway, uh, and they score that breakaway. It is it's so frustrating, and it, it, I share that sentiment with players, with coaches, with parents. 
um, but there are very, very successful and very strong formations and tactics uh, that have been used in the world of soccer, uh, and we are able to use them, and we are able to actually learn from them as well, and maybe even improve them in our own specific way, in our own American way, and that's what I really love about it. That's what I, I love about soccer. There's so many variations of different things, it's not even funny. Um, so having those center defenders be able to interpret, to be able to understand, yes, I can push forward now. Maybe I need to step back a little bit because the defense is getting a lot more of the ball. So they, they will lob it over my head, and I definitely don't want to get into the foot race with number 9 or with number 10 or with the guy that's right beside me. I don't want to get into a foot race because being able to understand as well as a center defender, you may not be fed to be that fast. <laughs> Let's be real. Sometimes when it comes to center defenders, they are not that fast. Um, so you need to be able to understand and respect yourself that maybe I need to work on my speed. Maybe I need to work on my strength and my legs to be able to accelerate at a faster rate to catch up to these atta these attackers that are out, that are outrunning me. Um, and as well as this is a responsibility for the coach as, as well. You need to be able to understand that maybe your center defenders aren't that fast. So maybe pushing them up into a high line defense uh, to try to contain a specific team may not work that well. And that's okay. The, again, like I said, there are so many tactics, there are so many different formations within the world of soccer that can actually help you be able to adjust and to be able to own and create your own idea within the sport. You just have to study it. You just have to put your time and your head behind it, just like I have. And just like many, 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 many hundreds, if not thousands of people before me. So I'm just one in a bucket of so many people. So uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and go to our extra man advice of the week. Alrighty, and our extra man advice of the week for this week is going to be one that's, again, going geared towards uh, coaches as well as some parents, but also I don't want to alienate the players themselves. Something that uh, I feel sometimes when it comes to the message that I am presenting, I don't want anyone being alienated. Everything that I am teaching, everything that I am saying can be incorporated and understood by every single person on that field, whether you are on the pitch or off the pitch. It does not matter. Every single person can learn something when it comes to these specific situations. And so I just want to build on what I had been saying before. Uh, so the extra man advice, advice of the week is staying positive, positive enforcement when it comes to actually coaching to be able to talk to your players, say, hey, you did this blank very, very, very well. I want to congratulate you and thank you for doing a really good job. That was awesome. Being a parent, being able to understand, maybe some parents don't understand the, the world of soccer and that's okay. Something that I want these parents listening to this it's okay to not understand the, the sport of soccer. You won't be able to understand everything overnight. I definitely didn't understand everything overnight, but that's okay. Make sure to engage with your with your child to be able to say, hey, you did this really well today, even though they may have been a defender. Find something that they did that they did really well. And again, let's go to the players. I want to actually have my set of players, whenever I have players, I want my team to go to each other and be like, you did a phenomenal job. That was awesome. Where the heck did that come from? I want to have situations where maybe there is a defender on the line of the of, of the goal 
helping to defend a corner, and maybe the goalkeeper wasn't able to get it, get to it, have that that late delay, and that player that was on the line on the post defending the near post, uh, and having that split second decision, stick a leg out. Something like that, having that kind of a decision, like your the the amount of amazing feeling. I don't, I don't even know how to really describe it, honestly. But that amazing feeling that you get when you have that kind of a a split decision, uh, it's so big. And don't be afraid as a player or a teammate to congratulate them. Be like, that was awesome. Oh my goodness, that that like that was so good, so good. Like, talk to them, hype them up. Because nine times out of ten, when there was a really good video, I know it's not soccer related, but, and again, this is again towards positive reinforcement. There was a basketball player that he had missed a bunch of shots. It was something having to do with uh, maybe they might have lost a game, but there was one individual on that soccer team, or on that basketball team. Again, I'm getting confused here. But there was a person on the basketball team in that video. He went around to every single team member. He lifted their head up because everyone was dropping their head. Every single person was dropping their head. He was putting their hand under their chin, raised their head up. Make sure that they were proud of that moment. Something that you need to be able to understand as a player is and you are the same team in defeat as you are in a win. Keep yourself together. Keep yourself composed. Being able to respect your opponent and being able to say, hey, I'm here for you. We both went through this loss. If you want to improve, I'm going to be right there beside you, pushing you two times harder, three times harder. You being that player, having that positive reinforcement of maybe you lost, maybe you're on the you're on the downside of, of form. You maybe lost three, four, or five games in a row. As a parent, as a coach, as a player, be that that deciding factor. Hey, I was here with you. I was here with you for this. Be that person that is able to relate to them. Maybe you weren't on the pitch. Maybe you weren't at least right in that particular situation as the player. But say, we were, we're both in this together. This is a team sport. This isn't an individual sport. Be there. Be there for your team. Be there for each other. And make sure you have that positive enforcement. Make sure to have that positive uh, encouragement when it comes to the players. Again, like I said, if you were in a, in, in a down form, make sure you just talk to each other. Talk to each other. Be like, I'm here for you. Let's do this. I want to improve. You want to improve. Let's let's get let's get going. Let's get going. Be then be in that improvement for each other. So that, my friends, is the eighth episode of the Worm Burner Podcast. I wanted to thank you so much for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. Thank you for everything and just listening to the podcast itself. Uh, I hope you guys are having a phenomenal day, and I will see you guys next week uh, for next week's episode. Ciao, everyone.